Welcome back to the Gathering Place of All Nations. This Sunday morning, Pastor John Irving shared a message about heaven, what it's like, and how to get there. Let's check in. I just happen to have a little poster of my topic today. But it's not what you think. You think I'm going to talk about hell. Well, it might be just a little smidgen. I'm talking about heaven today. I'm going to be talking about heaven. And uh, it's very, very amazing. Um, David and the worship team, they did the song, We Will Dance. On the streets that are golden. What a... What a timely, uh, and, and you know, the confirmations of this word. I had another word in mind all week. I was thinking of preaching a different word. And, of course, um, God, last night in the middle of the night, I was up almost all night, because um, I always ask the Lord. I says, what do you want me to preach? And he always answers. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? And he usually just gives me one word, like Mario got bound. He just gives me one word. All right? And uh, heaven. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, I scratched all my ideas for what I was going to preach. I was up for about two hours in the middle of the night uh, working on this message. And, uh, and so that song was so appropriate. I'm going to have David and the worship team come back up and sing that song at the end. But it's very interesting that a couple of words really uh, uh, tied into it. All right? Uh, let me try to pull this up so people online... And in the back can see it. Can you see it in the back a, a little bit? All right, a little bit. Okay. You can come on up. It's very, 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 very detailed. But um, we're not speaking about this today, although the reality of that is there. And we need, we need to realize we're talking about heaven over here. All right. This is a poster that was put out by Jews for Jesus. And I got it the first year. Uh, year and a half I was saved and I've had it up on every in my house as an inspiration to remember that I need to tell people about Jesus because this is where the the majority of people are going and there's even if you look in here there's even church steeples going down all right and the Bible says narrow is the way and wide the path to destruction all right? And so we want to talk about heaven. We want to talk. And, and, and Mario uh, said we're bound. Not bound, he said, like in binding. But we're bound for heaven, for glory. What's that song? These chains bound for glory. All right? I, I, I forgot the name. Uh, but anyway, we're bound for this place right over here. How many people think about heaven from time to time? All right. Glory to God. I think over the last few years, I think we're thinking more and more about heaven, all right? Not because we're getting older, because it's getting darker, all right? And so uh, I just want to, you can come on up and take a closer look at this, but notice that there's few people on the road, and there's only one way to heaven, only one way, all right? So this has been on my wall. Victoria, about 15 or more years ago, she knew I really liked this poster, so she had it framed, 
So the poster's really beat up. If you look, you see all kinds of creases and watermarks and everything, but it's, it's protected now. And uh, so anyway, uh, and, and so Mario said, we're bound to go to the other side. Isn't that good news? That's we're bound to go to the other side. And then Helena talks about robes to righteousness, but it's only through the blood. If you notice, there's nails on, uh, on the cross. When you come up, you can't maybe see it now, but there's nails and there's blood on the nails on the cross here. It's by the blood. And then uh, Carol says, don't shrink back. At the beginning of this year, come on, let's not shrink back. God has a calling. Not does he have a calling, he has a calling for each one of us, and we're called to rescue the perishing. We're called, all right, we have a destiny, and we need to answer that call. So these prophetic words that came today are very, very uh, practical and very, very necessary at the beginning of this year to reset our life. In, 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 uh, I'm going way ahead of my notes here, uh, but when you... Um, the, it's on about page three about, about this. But when you want to go somewhere, say you want to go to Los Angeles and you want to you drive. Well, let's say we, we're going to drive. Uh, you can set the address in Los Angeles, all right, 100 Azusa Street or whatever, all right, in, uh, in, in Los Angeles, and you press go, and the destination, if you follow the GPS, you will get at your destination. Now, we, we know that uh, man's inventions are not perfect. And I, have you ever been led astray by a, a GPS? All right. Uh, but for the most part, I remember the first time I had a GPS. And I'd just gotten it uh, a couple of weeks ago. This has got to be 10 or 15 years ago. And it's one of those ones not in the car dash, but one of those ones you put up on the car. What, a gremlin or gremlin, oh, Garmin or or whatever it was, <laughs> not, not a gremlin, okay? <laughs> uh, anyway, I put it up there, and I was going alone. I don't think Victoria was with me that trip, although she might have been. All I remember about the trip was this, this, uh, this thing, and, and I said, I'm not going to look at the big pearly maps, you know, those, those great big maps. And Anybody still have them? We threw out most of them. We, but we kept, I kept a few of them. Uh, just in case. And, uh, and so I said, I'm just going to see how accurate this is. We're going to Vineland, New Jersey. I've been there before, but, you know, if you haven't been somewhere in two or three years, you don't always remember, especially if you, you, you're not familiar with that area that well. So I just took it with me. Uh, you know, Victoria was there because she says, well, I don't think we're supposed to go this way. I'm following the GPS. I'm following the GPS. And, you know, that GPS got me there. It may not have been the fastest or shortest route or whatever, but it did get us there. And, you know, we need to get to heaven. We need to be following God's GPS, God's positioning system. All right? We need to be. And what's his system? How about God's positioning spirit? All right? God's spirit. Hearing his, his, his reading the word of God and listening to what the spirit has to say. And that's our destination, and we'll talk a little bit more in a, in a little bit. Um, and so one person, I think it was Mark Twain, I got a couple of quotes here over the course of this message, says, um, uh, 
we go to heaven for the climate, but we go to hell for the company. Now, Mark Twain was not necessarily a, a religious person, okay? Uh, good Arthur, he's the one that wrote um, um, Huckleberry Finn and, uh, and Tom Sawyer. Uh, and there's a number of things about Mark Twain that was quite amazing. He was Jewish, but uh, he, he was not necessarily a Christian and, or a believer. And, uh, and so that hell, you don't, everybody says the party is going to, heaven's going to be boring and hell is going to be where the party is. Well, there's no party because you're going to be isolated. We already saw that in the pandemic. What does the enemy want to do? He wants to isolate us. He wants to, uh, he wants to get us alone. And so it's going to be terrifying in hell, not just because of the fire and because of the flames, but because even though there's more people down there, you'll be alone. You'll hear people, uh, but you won't be having a party and sitting around playing euchre and drinking all night. You know what I mean? It's not what hell is going to be like. Uh, but I, I got thinking about his quote, climate, especially this morning when we're in winter. And, and, and I just had this crazy thought. Uh, Will there be winter in heaven? Janice says, no, no way. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, uh, when, we, when we think of the climate of heaven, we think of Hawaii. <laughs> we think of the Caribbean. Uh, it's good to see Francis back from the DR. All right, Ramo and Donna is, you know, down in Florida. We think of that kind of weather, and, and you know, that's probably what the weather's going to be like. Uh, but I can't say conclusively, because there, there are a few people that like winter, all right? We, we went out and bought some snowshoes. We're going to get outside. I, there's times I really do like winter and snow, and the Bible quotes about snow. So I can't say absolutely there is no winter. Maybe there will be a corner in heaven for those that like to go skiing. That there will be a little place where you can go to. <laughs> All right. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, if you remember the Narnia Chronicles by C.S. Lewis. Anybody read those books? And in that, uh, hell was kind of described like winter. And everything was frozen. Even certain people were frozen. And, uh, uh, and it stayed cold in winter. If you, you remember, remember this, this story? And it stayed cold in winter until Aslan, the lion, who was the Christ figure, died and rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, it began to thaw. Remember that uh, imagery? And so we can't say for sure there's no winter in heaven, uh, but we do know it's going to be a beautiful place. And uh, so there's a few things we want to talk about heaven. I want to talk about what heaven's going to be like. All right, I'm going to read some quotes from different people, um, and then uh, I, I want to talk contrast between heaven and hell, the characteristics, and then I want to talk about, well, how do we go to heaven, all right? And so here's a, a few quotes from different people. Billy Graham said, uh, my home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through this world. Remember when he died, he said, one day you're going to hear that Billy Graham has died. He says, that is absolutely false. I'm paraphrasing. He says, I'll be more alive than ever. I've just changed address, all right, my address, all right? Uh, Max Lucado, 
says, we may speak about a place where there are no tears, no death, no fear, no light. But those are just the benefits of heaven. The beauty of heaven is seeing God. All right? Um, uh, I think Ellen will like this one. Another one by Mark Twain. It says, by heaven goes by favor. If it went by merit, you would stay out and your dog would go in. Uh, another person wrote, uh, the President George Washington wrote, wrote this incredible quote uh, that's quoted many, many times by different leaders. And it's got big words, all right? So I hope I don't trip over them. The propitious smiles of heaven, in other words, the favor and smile of heaven, can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself has ordained. That speaks a lot about our, the climate of our culture, politically and otherwise today. All right, God cannot bless the work of people that are forgetting his laws and order. All right? Um, and that means that heaven is an ordered place because the king of order, the, the king of kings and the lord of lords is there. All right? Corey Tembloom. How many people remember Corey Tembloom? The hiding place. She writes this, you know eternal life does not start when we go to heaven. It starts the moment you reach out to Jesus. He never turns his back on anyone, and he is waiting for you. Another person writes, and I really love this, and I'll probably come back to this at the end. Listen to this little saying here. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Isn't that deep? Let me say that again. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Wow. Jonathan Edwards, not our friend that comes over here sometimes, but the original John, Jonathan Edwards back 200 years ago. To go to heaven fully to enjoy God is infinitely better than most, the most pleasant accommodations here. Think about it. You could buy the best house. You could have all the luxury appliances. You can have the biggest yard. You can have the biggest swimming pool. You can, you can be pampered by whoever, whatever, all right? Uh, you could live in luxury, and that's nothing compared to heaven, all right? Corey Templeham also writes, listen to this one, there is no panic in heaven. God, God is not up there saying, oh, man, what did they do? I didn't expect this pandemic to happen. This, what, how did this, 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 this escape my... No, 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 no. God has a plan. Heaven always has a plan. All right? Billy Graham also writes, heaven doesn't make this life less important. It makes it more important. Because there's a heaven to gain, 
our that means our time here on earth is valuable. Our time here on earth has a purpose. All right? Hopelessness causes people to, to lose uh, their ability for a future. It, you know, when the Bible says that, 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 that when the pe people perish, all right, uh, when we don't have hope, if you don't have hope, you don't have a future. Many people are saying there's no hope, there's no future. But when we know there's heaven at the end of this, the, the, this time for us that believe in the Lord, we have value. This life is important. We have a job to do, and that is to rescue the perishing. All right? And um, I think that's the last one for now. Uh, no, here we go. One more. Martin Luther, the great reformer, says this. Listen to this. I would not give up one moment of heaven for all the joy and riches of the world, even if it lasted for thousands and thousands of years. I wouldn't give it up, he says. I wouldn't give it up. I have a couple more to read towards the end of the message. But Keith Green, how many people remember Keith Green? All right, uh, I think if you've been saved more than, I think he's been gone now 40 years, 35, 40 years. He was a radical young man. Um, actually, he, he was a musician. Um, he was first in line uh, to get the role that um, Donnie Osmond, that's right, that Donnie Osmond was supposed to get. And then they, they passed over him and chose Donnie Osmond. But at that time, as a, a 16, 17-year-old, he, uh, after that experience, he went in a tailspin, and God saved him. And he was absolutely radical for Jesus. Him and his wife, Melanie, uh, put out a ministry called The Last Days Ministry. Anybody remember that? I used to get tracks. I still have some of them. Powerful messages. And um, he wrote a song, and I'm going to loosely quote it because I can't remember exactly how it goes. Uh, but some of you remember this song. And he says in this song, if this place, meaning earth, was made in just seven days, remember that song? And heaven has been, been working on for 2,000 years. Folks, we're living in a garbage dump compared to heaven. All right? Heaven is going to be beautiful. All right? We see... You know, some people say, oh, uh, this is hell on earth. And for some people, it is. And for some of us, sometimes it does feel like hell, like it's really rough. It's really hard. Some people say, you know, this is heaven. And for many people, I think all of us go through moments in life that we have a taste of heaven and hell, and it allows us to make a choice. What do we want? <laughs> Do we want to stay in these tough times and these hard times and stay in this place of, of, of difficulty uh, eternally? Or do we want to go where it's eternally going to be beautiful and good? All right? And, and that's really the, the, the decision that we have. Um, and so heaven is beautiful. Uh, and heaven was created by God. All right? In Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning... In the beginning, God created the heavens 
and the earth. There's two definitions of heaven. One is natural that we look up, we see the sky, it's sunny out. Someone said today it's beautiful, it's cold, but it's a beautiful day. That We have the natural heaven. And then another word, the same word the Bible uses, heaven, it can be for where God resides. All right, outside of creation, the place where we're all destined, if we know Jesus, to go to. All right, turn your Bibles to Psalm 19, one of my favorite psalms. I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, the expanse. So the, the heaven above, the natural heaven, is speaking about the glory of God. When we see the stars, when we see the moon, when we see clouds, when we see the sun, all right, uh, when we see nature, we can see the glory of heaven. So the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day on to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. The heavens speak to us. And I'm not, I'm not talking so much about astrology. I'm just saying that, that the heavens speak. Even in Romans 1, it says the nature, the trees, the birds, the grass, the flowers, all speak of the glory of God, that there is a creator, and we need to bend our knee to the creator. Amen? There is no speech, nor any words. Their voice is not heard. Their line... All right, their words has gone throughout all the earth and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, and it goes on a little bit here. There is beauty. If we can see beauty on earth, and we, you know, mountains, snow-capped mountains, lakes, streams, why do you think people like to get out of the city and go into the country because we are coming into God's sanctuary, his tabernacle. How many people like to get out of the, the city and into the country? All right, whatever it is, almost every hand goes up. I, I grew up in, in the country. I grew up there. I, I long for it. I miss it. All right? Um, I think we all long. It, it's, it's part of of that longing to go to heaven, to be around nature, to see the trees. My, my dad didn't like traveling, but he loved going to the cottage. All right, And I think that was his sanctuary. He accepted the Lord the last time I saw him awake, uh, alert. Um, uh, he accepted the Lord a few days later. Right after that, he went unconscious, and uh, he, was, he was gone. He didn't want to travel, didn't want to go around the world, didn't want to see things. He just liked going to the cottage. That was his place of refuge. That was his place. But most of us really like uh, getting out into nature because there's something. The trees are speaking. The, you know, uh, uh, you look up in, uh, in the sky if it's a clear night away from city pollution, and you sometimes can see the Milky Way. There's the, the heavens speak. All right, there's glory and, um, and such. And so heaven, so that's the natural heaven. Now let's go to the actual heaven. 
And let's go to Revelation chapter 21. And it says here, we're going to read several verses here in 21 and chapter 22. This is what heaven is going to be. Imagine yourself in this place. Imagine yourself walking and looking and seeing because we're going to be there one day. If you know Jesus, if you love Jesus, if you've received him as your Lord and Savior, this is our destination. This is what we're living life for, to be with God for eternity. And I saw, Revelation 21, verse 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Think of this current natural earth is going to pass away and heaven, and God's going to replace it with an eternal one. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw both the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down from heaven from God and made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Can you catch the imagery here? Try to, try to, try to hear this like for the first time. Verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. And he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. And he shall wipe, listen to this, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. All that sorrow has passed away. All right, and then he says, write these things. I'm the Alpha and Omega, et cetera, et cetera. And then he comes down to verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Verse 11, having the glory of God, her brilliance was like, can you catch the brilliance. Think about the brightest sunny day or maybe the brightest light you've ever seen. All right. Was like a very costly stone. A stone of crystal clear jasper. And it had a great high wall with 12 gates. And its gates, it, and at its gates, 12 angels. And the names were written on them, which are those of the 12 tribes of the son of Israel. And there are three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And, uh, and then one who spoke with me had a golden measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. And the city is laid out in a square, and its length is as great as, as its width. And he measured the city with the rod, 1,500 miles. Basically, from here to Winnipeg, more or less. Its length and its height, its width and its height are equal. And as he measured its wall, 72 yards, all right, according to human measurements. That's how high the wall is, uh, which are also uh, angelic measurements. 
we could just drill down in that verse, but we don't have time. You can go drill down in that verse 17, angelic measurements, verse 18. And the material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city uh, wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. Now, wasn't it powerful when Donna came and spoke that message about the two different kinds of gems and, and that there's some that turn dark when the pure light comes on it, all right? And one of them that turned dark was diamonds. That's why diamonds are not mentioned in, you know. Uh, but some of the common ones that we don't think too much of, they get illuminated. If, if, you, if, you, don't wanna, if you didn't hear that message, go back, just look. I don't remember when it was, sometime last fall, September, October. And then it lists all the different uh, stones, all right? These are the same stones that were found in the breastplate, all right? The priest, high priest's breastplate. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. I mean, these are huge gates. This is a big pearl, all right? And, this, and the city, uh, let me just see here. And the streets, here we go. The streets of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. It was so pure that you could almost see through it, or you could see through it. And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it. For the glory of the Lord has illuminated it. And its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations shall walk by its light. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And in the daytime, for there shall be no night, its gates shall never be closed. Wow. And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination, lying. Isn't that, isn't that lying? Are we hearing a little bit of lying these days? Every time you turn the TV on. Shall ever come into it but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? All right, it goes on in chapter 22. I'll just read it. Uh, he showed me a river of water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the, the throne of God, of the Lamb. And in the middle of the street and on either side the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit, Every month, and the leaves of the tree were healing for the nations, and there no longer was a curse. And the throne of God, think of that, no longer a curse. Since Adam and Eve, we've lived under a curse. There shall no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his bondservants, and they shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall no longer be any night, and they shall not have need of the light of a lamp or a flashlight or the sun, because the Lord shall illuminate them and shall reign forever and ever. And it goes on to say a few more things here, and I think I'll stop right there. Beautiful place. How many people want to go? All right. 
I see, I see those hands. Glory to God. One thing about heaven, it's made by God, and it is the residence of God. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father, who art in heaven, that's his dwelling place. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in In heaven, God's will is done. His will is done. It's his residence. He is the, the ruler. He's the one that sets the rules, and people obey. And they obey not because they're forced to obey. They, they obey because they want to obey. They want to obey. It's a beautiful place. Heaven is to be desired. Why is heaven desired? Well, let's just list off some of, and you can probably think of 20 more, but I just listed off about 15 characteristics of heaven. And I start with the fruit of the Spirit. All right? Love. Love is supreme. God is love. The Bible says love is going to be the characteristic of heaven. Joy. All right? People think it's going to be boring in, in heaven. I don't know about you. I, I, since I, I, when I was in the world... We used to have lots of parties, and, they, and, you know, parties can be fun. You drink too much, or you do this, or whatever, all right? Uh, and I remember my first party I went to as a Christian, I'm like, there's no drinking, there's no rock and roll music, there's, we're going to play charades, oh boy, all right? <laughs> I remember that first party, it was in Scarborough somewhere. And, uh, and there was about 20, 25 young adults, maybe 30 in this uh, relatively small apartment. And I cannot tell you how much laughter was in the place. Incredible laughter without alcohol. All right? You know, some of our young people today still think, even as Christians, that they need alcohol to have a good time. You don't. You don't. You don't. All right? And I'm not going to go down that road any further. All right? It was fun. There's going to be joy in heaven. For 40 years now, I have had more joy. Uh, th um, yes, there can be some sorrow and there can be some pain. Uh, all of us go through that. But there's that deep joy. Joy is something that the enemy can't rob from you. Happiness can come and go. But joy is always there. And then the next one is peace. It's a kissing cousin of joy. Patience, kindness, everybody's going to be kind in heaven. Goodness, everybody's going to be good in heaven. There's not going to be a rotten apple anywhere in heaven. Not one. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those are, the, those are the, the fruit of the Spirit. And then it goes on and says, against such there is no law. Now, let's add a few more qualities here. Truth. In heaven, it, there's going to be truth. And Jesus, he is the, uh, the, 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 the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is truth. Heaven, you're all, nobody's going to lie to you in heaven. Anybody happy about that? All right. Honesty. 
loyalty, trust. We can trust people in heaven. They say something. If Rod says this, something in heaven, and I'm looking forward to visiting Rod in heaven one day. Glory to God. Not, not too quick. We, we, we don't want to go there. You know, we want to, in its time. All right? Nobody wants to rush to heaven, but we long, long for it. You know? Beauty. His light. There's going to be people that have come back. They said there's, there's, there's creatures and trees and flowers and colors and sounds that are not here on, uh, on earth. It's just massively greater. We have uh, healing. We have no tears, no fears, no pain, no sorrow. I like that part of heaven. What do you think? He's going to wipe it all away. It's going to be for eternity. But you know what? The best thing is God's going to be there. The Lord's going to be there. All right? Yeah, there'll be angels, and we'll get to be re reunited with some of our loved ones and all that beautiful stuff. But we're going where God is. That's the most exciting thing. But now you contrast that. That's heaven over here, way over the golden city over here. But hell, let's just point out some characteristics of hell, and then I'm going to ask you, which place would you rather go? This, is a, this would be a good way to witness to people. Well, let me just say, let me tell you what heaven's going to be like. Let me tell you what, what hell's going to be like. Which one do you want to go to? Well, of course, you want to go to smoking or non-smoking, all right? First thing about hell is going to be hate. Love is the first thing about heaven. Hate, torment, fire, loneliness. You're not partying with all your friends. Lies, fear, despair, darkness. Heaven has light. It's dark in hell. And there's different realms of darkness when you read the scriptures. You know, the only thing that hell and uh, heaven have in common is eternity. Separated from God for eternity. How about the other people? All the bad people go there. How would you like to have Hitler as your next-door neighbor in hell? All right? I, I mean... All the people, the corrupt people. I could name a few other names, but I'm not going to. All right, horror. How about ugly? Hell is not a nice place. There's no beauty in hell. Hey, you ever notice architect? Architect now has turned really ugly. I watched a program on this about five years ago. All right, the architect that's being built back in the day, there was beautiful architect, beautiful uh, beautiful statues, beautiful paintings, and, and now everything's ugly. You, you look at a new building, it's like, what? Like, where, where, where's, where's the beauty? All right? And um, how about cursing? In hell, there's going to be cursing. You're going to be cursed for eternity. And you're probably going to do it as well. When I say you, I'm meaning... Everybody outside this room, hallelujah, or, or whatever, all right? And so we come to this area destination, 
If the destination is heaven, why do we scramble to be the first in line for hell? That's what one person wrote. Why do people scramble to be first in line for hell? You know, down here, first in line, there's a pit. All right? Turn with me to John 14. There's six verses here that are powerful. John 14, 1 through 6. This is the night uh, of the Last Supper. The Last Supper had just been celebrated, chapter 13. And now for the next three, four chapters, Jesus is giving final, his final message, his final instruction, his final words of challenge and encouragement to his disciples. And he says this, Let not your heart be troubled. Throughout the pandemic, throughout whatever we hear, whatever the, the news is, I believe in staying in, in, in a, a front in the news, but I don't let the news trouble me. Sometimes it angers me and I have to deal with it, but uh, I believe we should be wise as a serpent. That was last year's word for the year, be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. So if we're going to be wise, some of us need to be keeping our our ear to the rail, all right? We, 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 we grew up on a railway town. We could tell when a train was coming. We'd get down listen. We could hear the train. We need to keep our ear to the, to, to the rail. We need to know what's going on in the world, but we don't base our feelings because of, our feelings need to be on the caboose of the train, not the engine. Let not your heart be troubled. I want to let you know today that you do not have to be troubled by all the end-time talk. And we need to tell people we're in the end times. We need to tell them what's coming down the pike so they can prepare it. All right? Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. All right? So we, we want to prepare you even for some of the hardships that could come over the next few years. When exactly, I don't know. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And listen to this, verse 2. In my Father's house are many dwelling places, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. God is preparing a place for Eldor. God is preparing a place for David. God is preparing a place for Leo, for Jack, for Louise, for Tina, for Naomi. And the list goes on. And John. John's got his hand up for John as well. All right? Put your hand up if you want a place in heaven. All right. He's preparing a place for you. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. He's coming back, folks. And where I am, there may you be also. You can't come right now, but there's time coming. I'm going to come back and take you. And then he says this really uh, challenging verse. And you know the way where I'm going? And all the disciples are looking at each other like, we don't know where he's going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Uh, and then this very well-quoted, famous John 14, 6. That's the context of this verse. All right, it's not just a salvation verse. It is a salvation verse. But it is about heaven. 
Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father. In other words, no one comes to, to heaven except through me. All right, no one. The cross on this picture down below, it's the only way. There's a gap. All right, there, there, there's, there's, a, there's a gap too wide, chisholm too deep to cross over on your own merit or your own ability or your own goodness. Praise God. Let me go back and just quote a couple more script, a couple more sayings here. D.L. Moody said, no man can resolve himself to heaven. In other words, nobody is able to get to heaven on their own. Just like that prophetic word, the robes. All right? The robes uh, have to be washed in the blood. Another person wrote, it certainly seems like a, listen to this, it certainly seems like a good idea to talk about heaven, meditate about heaven, and read about heaven. Because after all, that's where we're going to spend eternity. It's something to look forward to, not to say, oh, well, we've got to live now because one day we're going to be in heaven and, and then we won't be able to live and we'll be there for e eternity. So we've got to live now because one day we're, well, you know, we're going to be in and we won't be able to do anything, you know. No. Let's meditate on heaven right now. Let's, let, let's long for those pearly gates. Amen? And this one, C.S. Lewis writes this. It's very, very profound. If you read history, you'll find that Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought the most of the next. Let me read that again. If you read history, you will find that Christians who did the most for the present world right now were the precisely those who thought the most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this world. The more that you think about heaven, the more that you realize there is a hell and, and only one way, the more that you are uh, uh, caught up with this concept of going to heaven, the more you will want to tell people the way to heaven. You know, when I was first saved, I know some of you know this, uh, this uh, example, but I, I didn't believe in hell. Not a message about hell, uh, but I didn't believe in hell. I said, how can a good God, I got saved, I was radically saved, I was about a month or two old in the Lord, but I just didn't believe in hell. I said, how can a good God send somebody there? It's absolutely, that's around the time I got this poster. <laughs> All right, shortly after that, I had a vision at night, and three times uh, I tried to go to sleep, and the room was dark, and uh, I was suspended between heaven and hell. And then I began to descend into hell, and I saw hell. I saw it, the torment, the screams, I heard. I, I, I saw it, and I cried out one word, Jesus. And I was lifted up. I opened up my eyes. I looked around. I said, what on earth was that? Never had a vision. Never had anything like this happen before. Then I tried to go back to sleep, and then I'm right back in this, you know, right on this. It was like a movie being played out on my eyeballs, the lids of my eyeballs. 
and I'm brought back into hell. And I saw all the sights of hell. I don't remember it. Some people that have see, see hell, God has removed that, uh, that, that vision of it. But you remember the intensity of it. And I cried out, Jesus, and I was brought back up, suspended between heaven and hell. This time I'm looking around the room like, what on earth is going on? And then after a few minutes of looking around, feeling a little bit more peace, then I try to go back to sleep. Third time I'm suspended and, and go down into hell. I cried out, what's that? I, 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 I cried out, I sat up, bolted up, weeping and crying, and it says, okay, now I believe there's a hell. The next day when I went to work, I got on the, on the bus and then on the subway, I was living in Toronto, and uh, I looked at the, uh, every, I just looked around people on the bus and people on the subway cars and realized that most of them are destined for that place, hell. All right? And it began bringing a cry in my heart to reach out to the lost and the hurting. Why? Because I'm motivated about heaven. When we're motivated about heaven, we're going to tell people here, to try to help spare them from going to that other place. Amen? Just a couple more quotes here. I really like Matthew Henry. He's a writer of a very famous commentary series a century or more ago. He whose head is in heaven need not fear to put his feet into the grave. In other words, oh, death, where is thy sting? All right? We have no fear of death. All right? And then um, I believe that's all the quotes here. Some scriptures I want to share right now, and then we're going to wrap up in prayer. Bible says some, some things to keep in mind right now. Matthew chapter 6, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The greatest treasure is souls. All right. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in. All right. How about this one? Protection. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. Say every evil attack. Every evil attack. And will bring me to safety to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. How many people have ever been under attack? I could put both my hands up. All right. God is going to bring us through. He's going to bring us through to that place. All right. Why? Because our citizenship, the Bible says, is in heaven, where we have dual citizenship. For most of us in the room, it's Canadian. Maybe some of you have other nationality and whatnot. Maybe you're tri-citizenships. Uh, um, uh, but our citizenship is in heaven. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. The way our country is going right now, aren't you glad you have... A citizenship in heaven doesn't mean we don't give up on Canada. Come on, I didn't say that. And we eagerly await for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. All right? 
For we know that this earthly tent we live in is destroyed. If it's destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. All right. Um, praise God. I think for time I'm not going to read any more here except for two at the end here, and we're almost done. The last one here I want to read is in Matthew 3, 2. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then later Jesus says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And if he's come near these many years ago, How much more closer are we? The question I want to say to you, are you prepared for heaven? You know in the cowboy and western movies, are you prepared to meet your maker? Are, are, are we prepared to meet God? I, I want you to think about that this week. I want you to think about heaven. And in this last week of the fast, just think, am I ready to meet God? Is there anything between me and God that I need to deal with? We're going to deal with it this morning. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Let's bow and pray. Father, we thank you. Most of us, maybe all of us in this room, our names are written in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we have a desire to go to that place called heaven. And heaven is going to be an eternity with the Lord in a place so beautiful we can't even begin to describe it. The jewels, the gold, the trees the fruit, the people, the angels, and the throne of God. Wow. Wow. Beautiful place. Help us prepare our hearts now to go. Father, we repent of all sin known and unknown, besetting sins. No condemnation here. This is an ongoing, continual fight and when you overcome, rejoice. When you succumb to a temptation, don't beat yourself up. Get up, dust yourself off, repent and say, God, I'm sorry, and move on. Move on. Don't let the enemy, even today, say, I'm not worthy. None of us are worthy. As Helena said, it's the blood of Jesus that makes us ready, makes us white, makes us pure. As Mary said, we're bound to go to the other side. We're bound to go. 
That's our destination. Our GPS is written, heaven, the pearly gates. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just going to pray this prayer in case someone's not prepared here. If you're watching online or you're in this room or you're watching this a week from now, a day from now, and for everybody here, let's just pray this prayer out loud, asking God to prepare our hearts to say this prayer. Father, let's try that again. Father, today we set our destination for heaven. I pray that we be prepared people with our names written in the Lamb's book of life. We believe that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That you died and you rose from the dead. And you're coming back soon. Forgive me of all my sins. Yesterday, last week, last year. Forgive me, Lord. Wash and cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. Set my face like flint to follow Jesus because he is the way to heaven. He is the truth. He is the life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit now for 2023. Let the fullness of God dwell in me. Thank you for this time, for this moment to be alive in history and help me help stamp eternity on my eyeballs. So everywhere I go, I see people that need Jesus, that need to go to heaven, and I will tell them, and I will share And I will be bold in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Come back later this week for a message from Pastor John Irving as he talks about the power and promise of the Holy Spirit. Hope to see you then.